Hello and welcome to this audio recording for the weekly research roundup for research published between the 26th of September and the 2nd of October 2023. I'm Katrina Pez, the research correspondent for the ME Association. There have been eight new ME-CFS studies and 24 new low COVID studies this week. We have highlighted one of the ME-CFS studies in more detail. Paper 1 is a preprint, meaning it has not been peer-reviewed and the science verified, and is on immune cell proteinomics in long COVID and ME-CFS. This study uses proteinomics, which is a large-scale study of proteins, looking at their interaction, function, composition, structure and cellular activities. These types of studies provide a large amount of data output and a wealth of information. This study included 9 people with ME-CFS, 6 people with long COVID and 5 health controls. The ME-CFS dataset had previously been collected and the proteins analysed using similar methodology. The previous study was collected by Sweetman et al. in 2020. This study aimed to investigate how closely related long COVID and ME-CFS are. The study found that immune cell proteinomes in long COVID and ME-CFS have similar functional changes. Other findings in the study included the immune cell activity on long COVID patients one year after illness is dramatically different from healthy controls. Statistical techniques, in this case the use of the principal component analysis, PCA, allowed all long COVID patients to be separated from healthy controls. The study looked at 3,131 proteins, while 162 were differently regulated, 79 were downregulated and 83 were upregulated, in which 37 were related to immune functions and 21 to mitochondrial functions in long COVID patients. The previously collected ME-CFS dataset showed 346 differently regulated proteins compared to healthy controls. Long COVID and ME-CFS patients were found to have overlapping proteins with enriched molecular pathways which related to immune functions and mitochondrial function, which suggests that the illnesses have immune pathophysiology and energy production, which is likely to be involved in both conditions. The study provides some exciting data, but is extremely limited by the sample size which raised some of the conclusions drawn questionable. A few things to note about the study. There is a lack of information of the healthy control cohort, such as we don't know if they'd had a previous COVID-19 infection or not. The ME-CFS cohort had an average illness duration of 16 years, whereas the long COVID patients, this was one year. This means that the two conditions will likely be at different stages, and any differences found in this research may be a reflection of this. However, this also gives the opportunity to follow the disease course over time in non-COVID patients. The disease cohorts are not age and gender matched, with an average age of 39 in the non-COVID cohort and 49 in the ME-CFS cohort. Some details in this study are lacking as they are covered in the previous research, such as the diagnostic technique for ME-CFS. Using previous cohorts is often found to limit studies, whereas data collection is not robust meaning different methods could influence results. However, this was carried out by the same group, although members differed. We often find that multi-omic studies, in this case proteinomics, but we often see metabolomic studies. And these studies are capable of providing a wealth of information about the mechanisms behind illnesses and produce meaningful and statistically significant results. 
More large-scale studies like this one are needed and it is likely that these will be able to tell us much more about MECFS and long COVID. Thank you for listening to this audio recording of the weekly research roundup. I shall be back next week with the next instalment.